how you doing today, man? Good, brother. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Like I said earlier, I'm a little over-caffeinated, so should uh, should be ready to rock. <laughs> It'll be... So you're you're in That's Canada, good, right? First thing in the morning, I, I hope 100%. You're in Canada, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Never been. Yeah, so. we're in Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. Ooh, let's go. Are you a Raptors fan or are you not into basketball? I mean, not super into basketball, but I think at the same time, you just kind of have to, you have to be yeah. a Raps fan if you're in Toronto. It's, it's in your city. Anything for basketball, so. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Although you're supposed to be a Leafs fan and I'm not, I'm not that either. So we'll see. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. What, who, what's your NHL team? I don't know if I should say it on a recorded uh, platform, but uh, <laughs> at risk of uh, at risk of offending people, I'm a Sens fan for some reason. Okay, cool. Well, I I never been super into NHL. Only in the game when I was like in high school on PS4, you know. But yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah, yeah. I mean Vince Carter with the Raptors early 2000s. That was like the coolest phase of basketball I think in the history of basketball. The sick jerseys. That was the time. Did you have you? That was our shot. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> uh, percent. So give me like the the two minute version of Andrew. Like who? Like who are you? What do you do? Um, yeah. Well, I'm all, I'm I'm excited to learn about you today. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, very simple stuff, man. I mean, I uh, I've got a background actually, not in business or sales whatsoever. I went to school for law and went down that route. Um, cool. Absolutely fucking hated it. I thought it was the most important <laughs> thing in the world, but. You know, I think I just, uh, you know, first one of my family to go to university, I think the pressure was on to go down the academic road, even though it definitely was not for me, but, you know, an expensive five years later, and uh, I came out wanting to make money and not really sit in a courtroom all day. So um, right. I, I went into, uh, went into tech sales um, for mm-hmm. a real estate marketing company back in 2016. Um, and from there, ultimately, you know, we were selling a great product, had a good company, when me and my now co-founder of our company, when we started there together, um, it was a team of four or five people. We were working out of the CEO's bedroom in their condo. And by the time we left four years out, I think they'd grown the company. We'd, we built it up with them to about 40, 40 or 50 people by the time we were out of there. Um, doing wow. pretty good numbers, good revenue. And so, you know, like I say, great company, great group of people. But uh, at the end of the day, we kind of just wanted to see what we could do for ourselves. So um, mm-hmm. fast forward years, we've, we've got our own organization now in the same space doing, you know, a very different service. But... Um, we're in the same space in the real estate space uh, across North America. Got about eight eight hundred and fifty clients, um, pushing wow. some good numbers as well. Growing our team, we've got a team of twenty five, twenty six people ourselves now. Um, mm-hmm. Office here downtown. So, yeah, man, it's been a, great. it's been a fun few years. It's been an interesting last decade, I'll tell you that. But uh, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, that's super cool. And I, like just just for my own sake, I I I saw your stuff come up on TikTok, and then I like found you. Yeah on Insta and got connected. And I, I've been super intrigued. Um, I think sales is one of the most important, uh, techniques or things that somebody needs to know. Um, so talk to me a little bit about starting, starting your own business. So I am always fascinated with somebody takes the jump. Like, obviously that's a big risk. Um, was it like something where you were like, I hate having a boss or was it like, Hey, I think I see a gap here. Like what was kind of the, the why behind starting it? Yeah, you know, for me, man, and, and again, you know, I'll, I'll keep the uh, the name and stuff of, of the company that we worked at prior fairly candid and fairly, uh, I guess, the opposite of candid. I'll keep it uh, under wraps. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, like I said, great organization, man. You know, we, we, we're really, really intertwined with the company. We owned, you know, stock options and shares and stuff within it. We 
me and my co-founder were, were um, very, very entwined with it. And it was, a, like I say, just a, a great place, great mm-hmm. company. But I think ultimately, you know, not hating having a boss by any means. I think that, you know, the last, the guy, last guy I worked for was, uh, you know, my favorite boss I've ever had. He taught me so much stuff about business and sales and just, you know, mm-hmm. just growth as an individual. I changed for the better drastically after, after yeah. working there. Uh, and just did a full, you know, 180 on, on my ambitions and where I was in life and where I wanted to go. Um, for me, starting the business, you know, it's always it, it, very, very openly, it's always been about, you know, earning money and earning a, yeah. a living for my family. And I mean, anybody mm-hmm. who goes into business for any other reason, I, I mainly don't believe them. Um, right. But <laughs> on the flip side of that, I think it's important to, while you're doing that, pursuing it in a, in a, in a noble way and actually solving a problem or, or you know, mm-hmm. noticing, like you said, a gap in the market that you can solve. So, you know, the product we were selling, it, we liked it. it. It seemed good. But ultimately for us, we thought we could do something a bit better and, and provide yeah. you know, next level results for, for the similar client base. Um, and so, you know, the leap, the leap for us wasn't quite as scary as I think maybe for some. Um, mm-hmm. We were able to... to keep our startup costs really low. We operate a mm-hmm. really lean business. Um, and so our profits are, are you know, decent in terms of uh, healthy margins to continue the company growing. But I think for mm-hmm. us, the biggest thing was me and the, the guy I started the company with, something I think a lot of CEOs and founders really lack is, like you said, technical proficiency in sales. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have a lot of really, really great ideas, but they never go anywhere. They never get to the market. They never get in the hands of the people who need it because the people who create the thing, those people, <laughs> you know, the design, the really, really smart, the really like people who yep. think about shit that I can never even imagine. Right. Those guys are typically not the type of personality who can then get on a phone and make 250 cold calls a day and put the product into people's hands. Right. So between the start costs and investing in, in creating your company and starting your tech and this, that, and everything, between all that stuff, the money then and the funds that you need to hire good people to push it, 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 you know, it can crumble and burn pretty fast. So um, yeah. my co-founder are pretty fortunate to be people that, you know, we don't have the most groundbreaking idea in the world, but we know how to get it into the hands of people who need it. Yeah. Well, that's super cool. I'm actually reading zero to one. I don't know if you've ever read that book, but oh, yeah. it's, dude, it's, it's like one of the most game changing life altering, not even just leadership in general, but sales books. Like nope. it's incredible. It's exactly what you just talked about. Like he calls them the nerds. Like the nerds, <laughs> they know how to build it. They know how to crush it. They got all the tech stuff down, but you need to have people who can hit the phones, cold cold emails, and just know how to sell the thing. Um, so so I, like, you know, without knowing how to do that, it's kind of like a lot of these ships just, they sink before they ever leave the harbor. You know what I mean? And, you know, we've been right. fortunate enough knowing what we're doing and, and next level being able to then teach other people how to do it. You know, most of the people we attract into our organization Transparently, man, they don't really have a lot of a sales experience when they come in here. A lot of the time, mm-hmm. we're kind of we're kind of the company who gives them their first opportunity into this world, and it's something that for me is really important because you know, at risk of rambling on here, when I decided to leave law and make that jump into the sales world, mm-hmm. it was fucking hard to get a job, man, because I applied to maybe three or four hundred different organizations around Toronto, and it's that dichotomy. Everybody's like. I wanted you to have six months experience before you start here, but no one's willing to give you the six months experience. So right. this company I ended up working for, when I when, when they gave me that shot, I went all in with them because I, I was really mm-hmm. grateful to them and thankful for the opportunity and just kind of put my entire being into learning sales and, and yeah. know, development, personal, personal improvement, stuff like that. And it obviously paid dividends, but 
we, we're often that place that we do give people that first shot and because they're able to earn quite a good living while while learning like you said really fundamental life skills in, in the world of right. sales we have you know keeping these people around for quite a long time and, and and just created a really good team around us yeah well and I, I think that's and that's always ridiculous right like you see on the like res like not the resumes but the job listings and it's like entry-level position need experience it's like you must be a really bad leader. Like you can't develop anybody. Yeah. Like fine by yeah. me, won't ever work for you. But yeah, dude, yeah. I, I, I come from the marketing, advertising, sales, kind of more the marketer type of creative mentality. Cool. But I, I made a post that offended like ten thousand business owners because I said if yeah. you need to advert, if you need to advertise your product, um, it's not a good product. Like, and again, sales and advertisement is key. But again, it kind of kind of went down to the core foundations of working with the tech side of it, like creating a beautiful product, whether it's a e-cigarette or a tech SaaS company, you know, it just, there's always space and it needs to be sales. So kind of um, progressing here, I always love to ask this, talk me through your, your daily discipline. So your daily routine, I love talking to, I mean, we've had NFL players on here. Um, if there's anything that you do, maybe on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that is foundational to you as a person, um, talk me through that. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's, it's uh, at the risk of sounding cliche. I, I always think, and I, I, I can't remember who said this, but I heard it a long time ago. Um, but success leaves clues. And I, I, it, it, it might have been someone like Oprah or Jim Carrey or something like that, <laughs> Yeah, he's like big play. And one of my one of my like foundational beliefs is if you don't have what I want, or if you're not a level above me, I, I'm not taking advice from you. I'm not listening to your shit. Like, if, you know, if you're not if you're, if <laughs> yeah. you're trying to help me do something that you've never done before, and you're not where I want to be, man, that's not the guy I'm trying to listen to. So maybe it was Oprah, but she's a billionaire. So she's doing something. Hey. Uh, right. You know what I mean? So anyway, whoever said it, success leaves clues. I find that a lot of these people, mm. man, whether it's NFL guys, business people, these top dogs, they do a lot of the same shit. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I'm sure you hear a really similar more. They get up early. You know, Dwayne mm -hmm. The Rock Johnson ain't up at 930 in the morning, man. Guy's up at four. Yep. And it's, there's a reason for it, right? There's that, there's that three or four hour period of solitude before the world starts moving that I think is really mm -hmm. valuable to thought and introspection and just progression. You know what I mean? Like, Right. And then, yeah, you're in bed by 9, 30, 10, whatever. But <laughs> the point is, yeah. you got those four or five solid hours before the world starts doing anything, mm -hmm. you know, right. where it ultimately ends up. I think you get a lot of the most effective stuff done. So for me, man, it's it's nothing crazy. I just, I get up at not four, that's mental for me, but <laughs> right. five, I'll do a little bit of reading quick in the morning just to kind of get the brain going, drive down mm -hmm. to the gym it'll work out in the morning and then into the office. Like it's nothing crazy. Yep. I, I don't sit and do like two or three hours of a routine, but for me, it's important to get the blood moving in the morning, do a workout, mm -hmm. lift some weights, get into it, have a nice cold shower and uh, into the office with the coffee and away we go. Yeah. I love that. And I mean, even for me, like the, my morning routine, waking up, I wake up at four twenty, So it gives me 10 minutes to get to the gym. Um, yeah. but <laughs> It's ridiculous, but I love it. But it's literally changed my life. Like it's changed how I am as a husband, as a salesperson, as a leader, just as a general human being. Because um, I used to wake up 10 minutes before my first meeting and have to rock over and just jump on Zoom. It just doesn't work. Like you have to tackle your morning. Yeah. And like you said, I've never met somebody of success who doesn't wake up at least a little bit earlier before 
no. their day get started because you just you're just not ready mentally, physically, spiritually, no. psychologically. It just doesn't work. So I love that. Do you do you work out every day? Um, not Even on the weekends? the weekends, I don't at all. <laughs> okay, no, 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 not yeah. the weekends. At all. So I'm, uh, <laughs> nope. I'm a Monday, uh, Monday to Friday guy, and then I'm usually it's yeah. four days a week, so it'll be like I got a guy who just kind of gives me a routine every every couple yep. of months, and he'll just work this for the next eight, 10 weeks. And here's your macros eat like this, whatever, just right. one last thing I got, about, which is nice. hundred um, percent. And, and yeah, it's usually Monday, Tuesday, take Wednesday off Thursday, Friday, and then the weekend I'm off. But you know, like you okay. said, man, I think it, it allows me to be a better partner to, to my fiance as well. Cause it's like, yep. I'm already doing a pretty long day at the office. If from there, mm-hmm. then I got to go home and then obsess about doing my workout done. I'm not home till eight or nine. Now, when are we spending any time right. together? Right. So if I can get up, you know, she's not necessarily the the earliest riser in the world. So if I get up really <laughs> yeah. early, I'm done. By the time the, right. the work day is over, priority is is the home life now. So it's, it's yeah. Nice. Oh yeah, and I know a lot of business owners who might be physically home, but they're at the gym or they're in the office, and it's nice to be able to just get done with work, and I'm ready to be the person I'm to present, be where my feet are. So I love that. All right, let's jump into sales. I'm excited. So, so talk to me about something that frustrates you about maybe the generalization of sales. Like when you got into it, you learned and over time you've been like, this kind of frustrates me that people think this way about sales. That's a good question, man. But the, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is, is, uh, from the prospect perspective that, you know, sales guys are sleazy and they're just trying to rip and get a buck off you and stuff like that. That's, that's annoying. Cause it makes your job a bit harder. If you're an honest guy, who's just trying to, you know, provide right. a good product or good service to somebody. But, you know, if I sit and think about it for 10 more seconds, I think my frustration is more presently and, or maybe not presently, but more, more pungently the idea that when salespeople come into a new gig or a new venture, Nine times out of 10, because of the ego and the confidence and the certainty that's required of a good salesperson, I think, the person who is really self-assured and self-confident comes right. into a new opportunity and changes up your whole process from something that's been absolutely got proven stats and track records for you know five, six, seven, eight years. Coming in, you give them the stuff, here's your tools, I'll teach you how to use your tools, I'll teach you how to do everything you got to do. And then within a week, they're off process doing something in the, in the middle of nowhere. It's like man, why aren't you doing the thing that I'm showing you how to do? Well, right. I just figured out, you know, this, this new, th- this thing that I'm trying out, it's, it's, you know, I want to see if it works. Let me tell you, man, I'll save you some time. I've been doing this for a decade. It's not, <laughs> right. I'll tell you why it's not. And then I'll show right. you what will work. And still you got these people who are just like, yeah, man, but, and then it's like, all right, dude, I can't help you then. You know, right. there's only so much leadership done to the unwilling. And I think Kobe Bryant had a quote about it uh, for people who are getting on, getting on their team and he said if I gotta if I gotta motivate you or if I gotta inspire you if I gotta fire you up just to get to practice man you're not gonna make it wrong person for sure that's it. yeah wrong person dude I'm telling you it's the best to have somebody who's motivated like you don't have to text them or call them to show up and be there be present and because sometimes cold calling gets boring gets tired I get it but I also yeah it's it sucks when you get hung up on or cussed out like i i i have kind of a confrontational personality so i like it like bring it on you know but um i've said i got my I, I i'm transitioning out of my current role i i work for i have i'm like an advisor so not really i have salespeople on my team i give recommendations i have about 100 clients who i work with on a monthly basis just in my city that in omaha where i live 
And nice. it's so interesting, like you said, the people who are eager to learn. And I'm the youngest guy on my team by like 20 years. Like I'm 24. Yeah. Everybody else is like 60 wearing suits and business meetings. And I'm rocking like rings and but it, numbers don't lie, right? It's like, are you producing? Or are you not? Um, holy smokes. That's but yeah. So yeah, with sales, cold calling, what are like some practical recommendations you can give to somebody who's maybe like an amateur or a couple years into their sales game, like for even sales slash cold calling, because that's a part of it. Yeah, 100%. I think you know, I, I always say this to my fiance too, but like our kids are going to be door knocking when they're 16, man. You're going to get out there <laughs> and you're going to knock doors for summer. I think it just is a foundational, it builds you up. It, it turns off that, that part of you that's like, what if I get rejected? That gets shut off really, really oh, fast yeah. when you get into sales. And if you can't shut it off, my recommendation is to get out because this is going to be a long road for you. But um, obviously that's not directed to you, but I'm just meaning <laughs> right. people who for sure. are coming into the game. But I think, I think a big thing, and I see this you know, across the board, there's two big things that I, I always recommend to people who are getting into sales. Number one, I think find an organization. Well, I guess before you do that, number one is to figure out why you want to do this because mm -hmm. it's fucking hard. Like it's really, yeah. really, really hard. And it's not, it, I always say sales is the easiest hard thing to do. Like it's really simple, man. You're just clicking a button, calling phone numbers, and you're reading a script or you're talking to people. Like it's easy. It's right. easy on paper. But fundamentally, the things that it's going to test inside of you, your character, your mindset, mm -hmm. your strength, your fortitude, your willingness to push through adversity, it's all really aggressively tested really fast all at once. And so, yep. you know, the 10 people who come into this game, I think the average lifespan for a salesperson is like eight to 12 months. Like most people don't wow. last very long because they get in thinking it's one thing and it's just slaps them right in the mouth. And oh, yeah. so I think my first recommendation to people practically is find out why you want to do this. And if it's money, good start, but then find out what that money means to you. What do you want to do with that money? What does the money get you that you don't currently have? So to set right. yourself up with a really, really strong desire to get that thing so that when you face the adversity, it's not a matter of, oh, I'm facing adversity. It's a matter of, that's all right. This is a barrier in my way to get through to what I got to get through to. So mm -hmm. just to foundationally place your mind in the right place for it. And then number two, to find an organization that supports your why, to figure out, yeah. I'm looking for a company now who is so motivated by the same things I am, who's going the same place as I am. So I can kind of latch onto that and accelerate because I mean, for example, like a lot of my guys, they've worked at some sales organizations in the past briefly here and there, but they come in and we have our scripts. They go, Oh, you guys have scripts. I've, I've never used a script before. And that for me, man, like personally, and again, whether this is right or wrong is not the point. The point is I'm looking for people who are on the same wavelength with what we're, yeah. what we're looking to accomplish. And right. preparation for me is a big part of accomplishing that thing. Cause if, a lot of the fear and a lot of the rejection, a lot of that, that, that psychological game in a cold call comes from not knowing what you're doing. Yeah. It comes from, I don't know what I'm going to say next. That's the fear. Like, what if they pick up? Now what? Well, if you have a script right. in front of you that's going to tell you what to say, and then if they say, I'm not interested, you got a button you can click that'll pop up the next thing you got to say. You're not going to worry too much because it's like, I know, what, I know what's coming. It's predictable. Yeah. It's, it's, it's routine and it's laid out and eventually you get to a point where it's just, it's second nature to you. It flips through the switch that like, it's just, you mm -hmm. hear this and you say this. So I think those three things for me, foundations is just getting your why set up, finding an organization that is in line with that. And then just get a script. If they don't have one, uh, that's make I one, mean, make one. Get yeah. Or, yeah, or just something. join a different business <laughs> or do that. Yeah. yeah. I, especially if you're new, that, that helps. 
Yeah. I remember in college, I worked for the admissions area like you had to, and they gave me a script. Yeah. And my goal was literally just to get people to do tours at our college. And the college sucked. Yeah. Like nobody liked the college. So it was like calling people yeah. to tell them to come to this like little college in the middle of a cornfield. And people like, are like, oh. dude, I'm not, I'm not coming. It's like, eh, I wouldn't either. But <laughs> It, it produces yeah. that you said that fear of rejection. I think that's what people have. And, and it, I think it helps with sales managers to be able to speak into that, encourage that like very early yeah. on. I, I mean, I remember when I first started cold calling, I, my boss would just be on zoom with me, listen to me. That's awkward, obviously, but he would also be able to yeah. say like, dude, you crushed it, but here's something you should change. Here's some lyrics that yeah. will really help that objection. And it helps, like it builds your confidence and helps your confidence when your boss actually cares about you more than just what you're producing. Um, and as a CEO, as a founder, I want to talk through two things and then we'll go into our like last area, but um, interviewing, applying, but then also like um, retention. Talk to me yeah. a little bit about that because I think it's, um, I've seen it done really well. I've seen it done really poorly. Obviously nobody's perfect, but Talk to talk to the CEO or the founder about something that maybe you've seen that goes really great about maybe getting applications, creating a company that people even want to work for, like culture. Uh, yeah. yeah, give it to me. Yeah, well, I'm really bad at interviewing, man. <laughs> I'm so bad at it. Like, I'd <laughs> yeah. say it's it's easily one of the weakest points of the company is not attracting good talent that that seems to happen fairly organically with like you said our TikTok content our content online i mean we've, we've gotten some great people coming through the doors and, and stick with us for quite a long time just from seeing our presence online and kind of relating yeah. to you know who i am who the brand is what it is all about but you know for me man the biggest challenge that i face and and if there's any ceos out there who want to give me a nudge on this please feel free but um ultimately i find the interview process itself all it does for me is it separates people into fuck no, absolutely not, or everybody else. <laughs> yeah. And it's because I, I think you've got to be some special kind of useless if you can't even interview there that well. It's really not too hard to nail an interview. You know what to say. You know what they want yeah. to hear. You know the deal. If you spend 10 seconds researching the company, you know their goals and what they're trying to achieve. And if you just align whatever you're going to say with all the bullshit that they put online, you're going to sound great. That doesn't mean a single thing about how well you're going to perform in the job and especially in sales because, right. again, a good interview does not mean that the person's a good salesperson, in my experience, plenty. And train as you might and provide resources as you may. You know, like you said, I mean, for, I got two guys who started on Monday and for this entire week, my office is in, is in their sales room just sitting right beside them doing exactly what you said. Every call saying, that sounded good, change this, go again. That sounded yep. good, change this, go again. That sucked, don't say that again. That, that's not right, <laughs> do that again, do this different. Take it back on script. You know what I mean? Just guiding that through so that they form early good habits. But the, the thing that I would recommend, and I don't know if everybody does this, but I actually, I think I might've learned it from, uh, his name's Jeff Hyman. Uh, his book's called Recruit mm. Rockstars. Uh, yeah. Absolutely fantastic read. And one of the things he said in there is to, to do a practicum as part of your uh, interview process. So now what we mm. did and implemented from that, the first phone, the first uh, call is a phone screen, just 10 minutes where my recruiter will just chat with you, get to know who you are, what you're looking for. Great. If that looks good with your resume, we'll bring in again, resumes, I think are functionally useless because you can make that thing look pretty good and lie oh, yeah. all day on that. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I think I didn't go to school, man. No one's ever checked <laughs> to see if I have that degree. I could have just said I have it. Right. Like, 100%. Expensive piece of paper. 
So anyway, we bring them in for the interview. We do the on-site with the recruiter and myself. We do the interview for about an hour, get to know them, dig, dive deeper on what they're looking for, what we need, and make sure it's in line. But then the final thing we do for sales particularly is a role-play phone call. So they'll go home, we'll send them our scripts, and we'll give them a day or two to prepare. And then Jenna will call them uh, within the next 48 hours to do a role-play where they'll just have to actually do our sales call, see how you sound, see how you handle objections, see how you think on your feet. And that's been something that's really helped us is to do a practicum. Mm. So whether you're hiring salespeople or account management or CEOs, uh, what I've found has been helpful in the sales role, at least, is to give them the day-to-day. Here's what you're going to be doing. Yeah. Do it for for a second and let's see how you do this. And, you know, for some people, if the practicum is a little more involved, if you're hiring maybe like an account guy or if you're hiring someone who's going to manage the whole team, maybe bring them into the office for the day and have a practicum with them for a full day and, and compensate them for it. Tell them, look, I'm not trying to get you to work for free. Here's, you know, a day's pay that you would normally get by working here. But here's some issues we're trying to solve. How would you solve these things? Go, mm. you know, and just kind of get them to do it. Yeah, that's really smart. I remember I owned uh, a marketing company for three years, like digital, just did digital straight, like social websites, all of it. I just kind of learned it on the fly. I knew how to sell, didn't figure out how to do any of the other stuff. I just like needed to make money because I was broken in college. But I remember once I needed like contractors, like people who could actually like post on social and do this stuff that I didn't want to do anymore. And I always told our people who are doing any recruiting, like, hey, this should not last more than 15 minutes. Like that official, that first initial call, like, cause what I've found, and I, it's funny, I made a post about this yesterday, but most of the time we're just talking about ourselves on the calls. Like companies are telling the person all about like, this is what we've done. Like the company I currently work for has been around for a hundred years. That's all I hear about. I'm like, dude, I don't care about what you did. I care about where we're going. So that's super cool on the practicum yeah. too. I hope that um, everyone listening to this will take that practically no matter what context you are. So last five minutes, I want to go into a little bit more on like leadership and then we'll go into um, fashion because I'm interested in your fashion inspo because you're obviously, you got a pink earring on, dude. That was the first thing I saw on TikTok. I was like, this guy knows how to dress or he's just really good at looking on Pinterest or something. I don't know. But um, talk to me a little bit about leadership. Like, <laughs> Um, like what, what are some core fundamentals to you about being a leader, um, growing as a leader, um, and all that? You know, I think, um, I I heard this probably far before I was ready to hear it or even understood what it was referring to. But then when I was ready to know that information, it kind of just came back to my mind. But five or six years ago, I think I was watching one of Gary V's episodes or something like that. It was something in that, that Gary V world. And um, right. Something he said was like, a lot of leaders get it backwards. They don't work for you, man. You work for them. Yeah. And I think that perspective shift um, could do a lot of organizations really well. Like, um, I think I think having that understanding that at the end of the day, as well as I might be able to sell and push a product out, that's all well and good. But if it's just me, I don't have a business. You know, the right. business is in the people. And so for me, the thing that I found really just it works really well for me is, is just leading with empathy, right? Being able to mm-hmm. understand that the 25 guys and girls in this room, in this, in this office with me right now, yeah, they work with real qualified, but number one, they're never, ever, ever going to care about this place as much as I do. Obviously not. Mm-hmm. Of course not. Right. It's not there. If I want to care as much as I do, I got to give them half of it. <laughs> yeah. And then they say, we're all owners now. Now we got to care. Right? <laughs> right. So outside of that, I think part of that is understanding that they're human beings, man. Like, they have mm-hmm. emotions and feelings and, and thoughts and things that are good and bad and related to this and not related to this. They're people outside of this place. And so 
you know, I think a thing that's really helped me out a lot is just understanding that mm-hmm. there are people that are not only my employees, they have their own worlds, each and every one yeah. of them. And to kind of understand them from that, that fundamental human perspective, I think, and, and approach every conversation and interaction with them with that, that frame and that lens is, is, is helped mm-hmm. me a lot over the years for sure. Yeah. Well, it's so good. Like servant leadership, I think is obviously been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And people I think are dictators and not leaders. And it's a dangerous place to be when, and it's also like such an insecure world, like where people just like hold a salary over your head, hold numbers over your head when, uh, instead of asking, Hey, what's, what's going on outside of your eight to five, that maybe we should talk about, or hey, you should take the day off, dude. Go home, work out, eat some, yeah. drink some water, relax. Like this, the sales calls will be here tomorrow. So I, I love that yeah. so much. It's like holy smokes, dude. The phone will be there tomorrow. Like relax. Like, yeah, and that's I think that's a big thing. Like Simon Sinek is a guy that I follow pretty religiously. I like his content yeah. quite quite a lot. And yeah. one of the things he says is like. Who do you think is going to be more inspired to come work for you tomorrow? Is it the guy that you say your numbers are down, pick him up, or we're going to have a tough chat? Or is it the guy who says, hey, man, I noticed your numbers are down. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Everything okay? Yeah. I mean, like that second guy is going to get a lot more loyal following than the first guy. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, you'll you'll keep your employees for one, but holy smokes. It's like yeah, you, it's, every, it's like. We've all had bad bosses and we've had great bosses and we've had great leaders and bad leaders. But the reality is um, you're either growing or you're dying. That's what I say. Like, dude, you're either progressing or you're dying. There's no plateauing. So, all right, fashion and spoke. Give me, give it to me because I want to take it selfishly. We're, like, who are your people that you look at? Some brands? Like, what, what do we got going on? Honestly, man, like it's not none of it's even really branded all that crazy. I'm, I'm an Italian guy in my, uh, mm-hmm. in my whole, in my soul. So. My uh, my family's from Sicily, um, wow, and I think cool. that's where the pinky ring probably comes from. As a yep. natural thing, that's a very popular thing with uh, yep. with the Italian men. So I, I think that's really all where it is, man. The slick hair, all of it is just like I look at the what would the Italian stud do? And uh, yep, no, I <laughs> love that. Suit on that. Let's go. Yeah, my my cousin actually was born in Italy. I don't know. I don't know where. Maybe Palermo or somewhere. But he. His mom, nice. like his whole side, does not even speak English. Like they live in Italy. Um, so it's super cool. So, dude, seriously, thank you so much for being on. I, I hope that um, I didn't waste your time. I value it so much. Um, it's seriously. And I hope the people who are listening to this like took notes because you, you gave us a lot of nuggets and I learned from it. So I appreciate it a ton. I appreciate you, man. And uh, like I say, anytime you want to talk again in the future, hit me up. We'll, we'll do it again. <laughs> 100%. Cool. I'll edit it. And the only thing I need from you is just.